this month we've been looking at the person and the ministry of Jesus. We started on Sunday and I began a teaching on Jesus as the voice of God. Jesus as the voice of God or Jesus as the word of God. Today I want to continue with the teaching Jesus our true foundation. Jesus our true foundation. So I'll start teaching this morning by reading the scripture Luke chapter 14 verse 29. In Luke chapter 14 verse 29 the Bible uh, and he's actually talking about a man who is going to build a tower and he by this by this point in verse 29 he's already uh, made plans to build a tower and uh, in verse 29 he talks about the time after he has laid the foundation but he's unable to finish the building. And he says that once the foundation is laid and the person cannot finish the building, everybody who sees the work will mock at him. Now that means that when the foundation is in place, the building must go up. Praise the Lord. Now I start with this scripture because as believers I want us to see how serious and how important it is that our building goes up. Praise the Lord. If we want to avoid mockery in life, the foundation has already been laid and the Bible tells us in the scripture we read 1 Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 11 the foundation is Jesus Christ and the foundation has been laid and once the foundation has been laid the building must go up. If the building does not go up, the Bible is saying that everybody who sees us is going to mock at us. I pray nobody will mock at us. Praise the Lord. At best, every man is a steward of his life. You know, when we, when we are living life, sometimes we want to live and postulate and presume that we are the owners of our lives. But at best, every one of us is a steward of the life we've been given. And because of that, because we are stewards, even our best works will be judged by God. The best things that we do, the best things that we will do while we are alive, the best, not even the worst, even the best things are going to be judged by God. God will bring every work into judgment, every work into account. Now that means every thought, every action will be brought in judgment because now God is going to do that. God is going to bring every thought, every action into account, into judgment simply because of what he has already done to enable us to live the life he wants us to live. If God had not made any provision for our lives, it would be immoral for God to judge us because he has not made any contribution to our life. But because God has made worthy, valuable contributions to our lives, God is in a place where he can judge us. He can judge us because every contribution he ought to make, he has already made. And so, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, the Bible tells us that no other foundation can any man lay. And so we see here, he's telling us, he said, no man can lay any other foundation than the foundation which is already laid, which is the person of Jesus Christ. And so he's telling us that even before we appear on the scene, even before we begin to do anything about our lives, even be before we begin to work on our lives, the foundation of our lives have already been laid. Now, for those of us who are born again, we have accepted 
that our lives must be built on Jesus. And so once we are beyond the scene, there's already a foundation. The very day you became born again, there was a foundation for you. Praise the Lord. Now you see, so in Jesus, God provides for us by giving us a foundation. For every one of us as children of God, our foundation is the person of Jesus. The foundation for your life, the foundation for where you are going, the foundation for what you become, the foundation for your destiny, your future is the person of Jesus. It has already been laid. Praise the Lord. See, in any place where there's a foundation, a foundation will do three things. Number one, the foundation will show the strength of the building that is coming upon it. If the building is not a massive building, if it's not a story building, if it's not something that is going very high, we don't really do a very strong foundation. We do an okay foundation because the building on top of it is not going to be a very heavy building. So the foundation determines the strength of the building that is coming upon it. Praise the Lord. When God is building your foundation, he doesn't leave anything. He doesn't give anything, just any ordinary thing as your foundation. He uses the person of Jesus because God knows he's going to build greatness in your life. Number two, the foundation shows the integrity of the building. Structural integrity. Now, for instance, when you're putting up a building and the foundation is faulty, there's a fault with the foundation, it affects the integrity of the building that is coming on it. Once the foundation, the structure of the foundation is faulty, the structure that is coming upon it will also not have integrity. The building can only line up with the foundation it is being put upon. So if the foundation is faulty, it affects the integrity of what is coming upon it. And I want you to pay attention because many of us are building on certain foundations. But the truth is that even though we are in church, our foundation is not Christ. And so what we are building on, it doesn't have integrity. When I say it doesn't have integrity, what I'm simply saying is that you can't tell whether it is in a straight line, whether it is curvature, whether it is circular. You just can't tell. But it is something. Have you seen some of those buildings? You go to some neighborhood, where's CBB? There's something there, but you can't tell whether, you know, those buildings, they don't need architects, they don't need engineers, they, I mean, they don't need anything. I mean, at the beginning of it, there's no quantity surveyor, nothing. Somebody just comes and decides that we see them, we see one room. Praise the Lord. There is nothing academic, there's nothing technical about the building, nothing. They just put it up. Those are the kind of buildings when it rains for two days continuously. The owner of the building travels. When it starts raining continuously for two days, by the end of the first day, if he sees that the rain is not stopping, no because he knows that if he should stay in that building, by the second day it will collapse on him. I pray that God will give us grace. I pray that God will give us wisdom. So we will know the foundation upon which we are building. Also, the foundation, number three, determines the size, the shape, and the other physical features of the building. It determines the size, the shape, and the other physical features of the building. And so once we see the foundation, we can tell the size. 
We can tell the size. We can tell the shape. We can tell the other physical features that are probably going to be in that building just by looking at the foundation. And so to build the lives that God wants us to have, the kind of lives that God wants us to have. Now you must understand, God wants us to have the kind of lives that can stand the test of time. And so to build those kinds of lives, God will not allow us to have any other foundation except the person of Jesus. Now I want you to understand this morning, there are many things that can be a foundation, but God does not supply any of them as our foundation because he knows that those foundations, they can't stand the test of time. I'll try and run through a couple of them just so that you can have an idea what pastor is trying to talk about. Number one, God will not have money to be our foundation because God knows money cannot stand the test of time. There was a time where the, the, the Germans, they had the Deutschmark and there was inflation in Germany. And I, I remember watching a documentary on it. The inflation in, in Germany was the galloping inflation. And it was so bad that people went to the bank to collect their salary with their cars. And they would load money into their cars and so the money would be nothing. I don't know about the situation in Zimbabwe right now, but there was a time where you could buy a loaf of bread in Zimbabwe for $10 million. A loaf of bread. $10 million Zimbabwean dollars. That shows you a state of inflation where money is still money, but it has lost its value. And I want you to know that there are times like that. Praise the Lord. And that's why God will not have money to be our foundation. God will not have success to be our foundation because the success of today will not be the success of tomorrow. As we move on as a society, as we advance as a society, we'll keep pushing the envelopes of what is possible and what is impossible. And so certain things that we are celebrating today, it will get to a time it will not be celebrated anymore. And so God will not have success to be our foundation. God will not have fame to be our foundation. There are people who were famous before. They are not famous anymore. They walk through town and nobody notices them. They walk through town and nobody sees them. If they tell somebody, this is so and so was passing by, they say, who is that? They've never heard the name before. Praise the Lord. And so God will not have fame to be our foundation. God will not have academic excellence to be our foundation. Because just like I mentioned, now a first degree is not enough. There was a time people with a second degree were very rare. Now it is the commonest thing. Now PhD holders don't really have bragging rights in our society. Because now it is very easy to have a PhD before you are even 30. A lot of people have that already. Praise the Lord. And they don't have to school abroad. They school right here and they get it. Praise the Lord. And so God will not have that to be our foundation. God will not have our physical appearances to be our foundation. And God will not have physical appearances to be our foundation. Listen, those beautiful legs that have the power of attractiveness, they can be broken one day. That face that you have, that face that you have, and because of that face, won't it, you know, one day, one pimple can come on the face. When you scratch it, it will start spreading. Before you know it, your face becomes a caricature. And I want you to understand, God will not have physical appearances to be our foundation because beauty, the Bible says, is fleeting. Praise the Lord. Beauty, the Bible says, is fleeting. 
And there are many of us young people, especially young men, young ladies, young teacher crowd, because when we look in the mirror, as we are styling our hair, we feel that, no, fresh boy, fresh girl, and that is all that you know. And so you don't respect, you don't, I mean, you don't, you are very rude, and all in the name of beauty. Praise the Lord. So God will not have our physical appearances to be our foundation. And God will not have our tribal or family affiliations to be our foundation. And sometimes we look at our tribal and family affiliations and we see that, well, I come from a good family. You know, I come from a good tribe. What is really a good tribe? Because every tribe is a good tribe. There are people in church, we are born again. And we even talk about other tribes in a very derogatory manner. Also, What's the uncle? And I thought you are born again. Christians don't talk like that. Praise the Lord. If you are looking down somebody, remember that you and the person, you are the same, the same blood, the same oxygen. Nothing different. Okay, how about those people from those tribes that you look down on who have far more money than you have? Especially for those of you, your children are going to marry. And they tell you, mommy, I met some, someone in school. He is from this tribe. Hey, we won't go there. And when they tell you that, his father is the deputy speaker of parliament. Hey. <laughs> are you sure it's his father, direct father? <laughs> and God is revealing your heart to all of us. Praise the Lord. God won't have our tribe or our family affiliations to be our foundation. Now, this is because God tells us that all of these things are going to fail the test of time. And so, in the book of 1 Corinthians 3, 3, verse 12 to verse 13, he shows us that every building, the foundation itself, it is tried and tested. But he says there will come a time when the building itself will be tried and tested. Now, he's saying to us that the building itself, that is your life and the things you are doing here, the things you are achieving here, the things you are accomplishing here, he's saying that they'll be tried and tested by the foundation itself upon which they are built. So he says that God has put a quality foundation in place. Now what God is expecting is that you are going to put a quality building in place because one day the building is going to be tested by the foundation. And in verse number 12, he tells us that the test will be the test of fire. If you put any of these things through fire, they will not survive fire. I pray because many of us are building things that are not going to last. I pray that we learn from our foundation, Jesus Christ, and we build the right things so that the things that we are building today, they will stand the test of time. There are situations in life that can wipe away everything, every investment you have made and everything you've worked hard for. You see, in the book of Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 25, we are taught the right way to build. Matthew 7, 24 to 25, we are taught to build on a rock. Matthew 16, 16 to 18, we are taught to build on the revelation of the rock that is Christ. Now, if you are going to build anything, please make sure you are building it on a rock. Whether it's a relationship, whether it's your life, whether it's your destiny, whether it's your career, make sure everything you build is built on the person of Jesus. Make sure everything you build in life is 
built on the person of Jesus. Now, why must we build on the person of Jesus? These two scriptures show us something. In Matthew 7, 24 to 25, Matthew 16, 16 to 18, the scriptures point out two key enemies of every man that is building. The first key enemy he points out is in Matthew 7, 24 to 25, and he shows us that everything that we are building is in danger of being a by the elements of this world there are things in this world there are natural things in this world that are strong enough to shut you down and break you down there are events in life there are circumstances in life there are situations in life there are happenings in life that can silence you forever I know you have a dream I know you have a plan I know you are looking reaching for the future but do you know that one relationship alone can leave you with the sickness that will stay with you for the rest of your life and you can't do anything about it it will stay with you till it kills you one circumstance in life alone and so there are things in life and the bible shows us that if we are going to overcome the forces of this life we must build on the rock that is called jesus please let me tell you if you are built on the person of jesus trouble will come affliction will come the seasons will change but nothing is going to bring you down please get it in your mind here and today right now you are sitting down comfortably calmly nicely it's not going to be like that always remember i told you the other time on the road from jerusalem to jericho you will meet the robbers of this life and they will strip you of your attire your identity and that is how life is the elements of life will come against you will attack you will fight you but if you are built on Christ if you are built on the person of Christ I'm challenging you and I'm telling you nothing will bring you down nothing will change your identity if you don't know life please let me tell you life is structured in a way that life can change who you think you are and what you think you are there are people who put their hands on their chest and say I'm so and so but one situation in life can deflate your pride take away all the joy you thought you had but when you are built on Christ come hell or high water God will make you to remain standing the next thing he shows us in Matthew 16 16 to 18 is that the next enemy of everybody building is called the gates of hell I'm telling you they are demonic powers they are demonic assignments against every child of God and everybody that is serious about their destiny but if we are going to overcome those demonic assignments and those demonic powers we must be established founded grounded in the rock that is called Jesus Christ the writer said no weapon formed against you will prosper every tongue that will rise against you in judgment you will condemn it why he said that is the heritage of the sons of God if you are not built on Christ there are demons that are interested in your life and in your destiny I remember in the book of Luke chapter 22 I remember Jesus saying verse 31 verse 32 Jesus saying to Peter he said Simon Simon behold Satan has desired you that he may sift you as wheat as you go up and down Satan has desires concerning your life Satan 
man has desires concerning your family. Sometimes you meet people in life and they say, Pastor, I have not done any wrong to anybody. Pastor, I have not done anything wrong. Why should somebody be after me? You see, whether you have done wrong or not, once you want to be the person God wants you to be, once you want to build the life God wants you to build, Satan desires to bring you down. Satan desires to pull you down. And if you are going to stand, you must be founded on Christ. Listen. Listen. I, I've realized that the church does not handle problems well. If you are in church and you have an issue, when I say an issue, I'm not talking about you went to do something wrong. No. That you are doing everything right and like Job, something bad happens to you. Church people won't stand with you. That is when everybody will start comparing and they will start bringing out their theology. He must have done something wrong. She must have done something wrong because God won't allow this to happen to a righteous person. God won't allow this to happen to a good person. But do you know that in life, whether you are good or bad, the Bible says that God makes the sun to shine on the evil and the righteous alike. That's how life is. And I want you to know, you see, sometimes there's so much pride in the church that as long as we are doing what is right, nothing bad can happen. So when one of us begins to go through troubles, we can't stand with the person. Church people are the most heartless people you can think about. Just have one problem and you see how they all run away from you and start criticizing you. Hey, heartless. But I want you to know this morning as you listen to me, problems are part of life. In the book of John chapter 16, Jesus told us, verse 33, he said, abide in me, in me you have peace. He said, in the world you will have trouble. It's here with us. And even though you do everything right, you encounter it. That's why we want to encourage you not to do anything wrong. Because when you are doing everything right, you encounter trouble. How much more when you are doing things wrong? They are part of life. I want you to understand this. You see, this is what this is the differentiation between us and the people of the world. The people of the world cannot handle issues, but because we are built on Christ, the solid rock, when the issues come up, we are still standing. Is everything where it's supposed to be? All your bills are paid, the money is rolling in, all the testimonies are coming. No. And that's why some of your friends, they can't follow you to church because they feel that the way your life is going and the way you have served God for so many years, you should stop serving God because God has disappointed you. Now, I want you to know this because we have people in church, once we encounter problems, there are people in church who go to Juju. Because it's like we've grown up with this mentality that but I want you to know that problems are part of life. And the rock on which you are standing is what will determine whether you will stand or fall. The thing that you are building, if it's going to stand the test of time, it is because it is being built on the person of Christ. There is no one job that will solve all your problems. There is no one paycheck that will solve all your problems. There is no one person that will solve all your problems. That's a lie. All of that is captured in the person of Jesus. And so what you do with Jesus will determine how the building of your life will function. I want you to know this because I don't want you to go out into the world thinking that, oh, there's nothing out there. Nothing will happen. There's nothing out there. 
And that is the reality of life. You can't be too careful in life. You give your tithes. You give all your offerings. You give, I mean, you sacrifice. You do everything. You fast every single day. 24 hours a day you pray. Still, trouble will come. And how you will fare is dependent on the foundation you are standing on. And so this month, as we talk about Jesus, I want you to know Jesus is the true foundation. Your foundation is an ankle, an auntie, your appearances, or maybe a certificate hanging on your wall, or a job you have, or a visa in your passport. Please listen to me. It is not valid enough. Praise the Lord. The best foundation you can have for yourself is the person of Jesus Christ. And so anything that is built on the foundation of Jesus will stand the test of time. Now, let's look at the secret strength of the church of Jesus Christ. How come the church of Jesus Christ has stood the test of time? We see this in Ephesians chapter 2, 20, 21. The Bible says that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What this scripture means when it says that we are the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, it means the church is built on the teachings and the works of the apostles and the prophets. The teachings and the works of the apostles and the prophets. And the Bible is telling us that the foundation of the church, Jesus is inside and Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's the chief cornerstone of the foundation. What the, the church is built on, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. So the Bible said, because of that, the building is fitly framed together and it grows into a holy temple. Now, this is why the church, throughout centuries, the church has not collapsed. There are people who rose up against the church. They bought Bibles, container loads of Bibles, and they burnt them. They wanted to make sure nobody would get the Bible to read. Yet, they couldn't stop the church. There are people who persecuted the church. During the time of the, uh, the apostles, they were persecuted by Emperor Nero, a world-renowned leader. And Nero was said to be, he, had, he was said to have a mental problem. He set the whole of Rome on fire and he blamed the Christians for it. And so the early church, they had to live in what we call catacombs. They lived underground and yet it did not stop them from serving God. When the iron curtain of communism was raised in China, in Russia, you know, it still did not stop the spread of the gospel. People went there, they preached the gospel. Right now as we speak, there are more than a hundred million Christians in China. And we believe that it is the secret to the rise of China as a nation, as a global force. Because when Christians, when the children of God begin to increase, the Bible tells us righteousness exalts and nation and sin is a reproach to any people because if you have a hundred million plus Christians in a place who are calling upon God, God will certainly come to that place and I want you to know this has been the secret of the church. I mean there are times where people have risen up and they have killed great men and great women of God because by killing them they wanted to silence the voice of the church but how many of you know that the church still keeps marching on the church keeps marching forward the church keeps growing and growing and growing and growing that when the devil thinks he has cut us where he's going to stop us that is when God's 
starts growing the church that is when God starts bringing increase into the church what is the secret it is the foundation of the church it is in the foundation if you are built on the right foundation if your life and your destiny is built on the right foundation nothing can stop you nobody can stop you so please hear me well there are troubles in this life there are problems in this life things that we don't know are around the corner unforeseen issues and dangers but if you are built on the person of Jesus on the foundation of Jesus things will rise up against you problems will rise up against you but at the end of the day the church will be marching forward they will come against you in one way but surely they will run from you in seven ways a man bought a press he bought a press where they were printing out Bibles he bought a press where they were printing out Bibles a Frenchman he bought a press where they were printing out Bibles and he decided to burn all the Bibles there and he decided to now print things that will go against the Bible before he died he wrote a short statement and he said thou has conquered oh Galilean and the Galilean he was talking about was the man of Galilee because by the time he was dying they were printing Bibles in the place that he thought to print out material against the Bible and so he realized that the Galilean has conquered there's nothing you can do against him well-renowned leaders mad men in history people like Stalin and Mao people like the Nazis they rose up and they wanted to make sure they expunge Christianity and the mention of the name of God but do you know Adolf Hitler and his crew they've died a long time ago but my Jesus is still alive my Jesus is still alive and I want you to know if you're building on anything but Jesus it will crumble down but if the building is standing on Jesus the test of this life will come the trials of this life will come the problems of this life will come but you will still be standing you will still be standing how do we know a man is strong we know the man is strong because of what he's standing on is what you are standing on that keeps you strong my goodness I want to declare to somebody if Jesus is the foundation if Jesus is the foundation you are stronger than you think if Jesus is your foundation you are stronger than you know it can you give somebody a high five so I'm not going to lose my mind I know it's difficult I know the trouble is so much but I'm going to make it I'm going to come out of this one I'm going to be praising my way out of this one am I speaking to the right people the Americans believe the Americans believe in their country because they believe that the nation was forced out of struggles and out of difficulty their national anthem is called the Star Spangled Banner that's how they call their flag and that's the anthem now they came up with the anthem because of the way the flag was created you see when they were fighting with the British one night the British came against one of the army generals and he was the last person standing between them the British and freedom and the British came with so many soldiers that they knew that that night they will be finished they'll be wiped out but by morning the Star Spangled Banner was still waving they were still waving and so when they sing their anthem they say the Star Spangled Banner it yet waves on there's somebody listening to me that's America we have a 
better one and that's the person of Jesus I want to tell you if the flag of America is still waving the flag of Jesus is doing better the flag of Jesus is doing better if Jesus is still God if Jesus is still on the throne you are not coming down the Bible calls him the king of kings and the Lord of all laws he's not surrendered he will not surrender he will still reign and as long as he reigns we will reign look at Romans chapter 5 verse 17 if he reigns we will reign in Romans 5 17 the Bible says for if by one man's offense death reigned by one much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Jesus is your kingmaker. If Jesus is your foundation, you are a royal. Don't walk about thinking you are like a small house cat. You are a lion. Am I speaking to the right people? If Jesus is your foundation, you are royalty. And I want you to think of yourself as such. I want you to live as such. If Jesus is your foundation, you are royalty. And so we can learn from the history of the church that the same way the church can never be shut down by any government, any person. If we, Christians, will also be built on the same foundation the church is built upon. Do you know that the name of your family, generations from now, it will still be flying high. If you can teach your children Jesus and establish them on Jesus, that's it. And sometimes we make the erroneous judgment that if we save enough money for them, invest enough money for them, they will be okay. That's the wrong foundation. That's the wrong foundation. Praise the Lord. That's the wrong foundation. Everything you have in this world that gives you a firm foundation that is not Jesus, it will come down. It will come down. And that has been the secret of the church. Ephesians 2, 20 and 21. That has been the secret of the church. That's why for generations the church is standing. The church is not Action Chapel. The church is not ICGC or Victory Bible Church or Lighthouse or Fountain Gate or the Methodist Church or the Anglican Church. No. The church is the body of Christ. And nobody can silence the church. Nobody. And the simple reason is that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Can you make Jesus the chief cornerstone of your life and your family? Uh, let me run. Let me run and finish. Let me run and finish. Are you being blessed this morning? So in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 he says to Peter, thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so he was saying upon this revelation, upon this revelation, and actually the revelation the greatest revelation is the person of Jesus. Jesus was revealed to us. Praise the Lord. Jesus was revealed to us. You see the right people who he came to they did not receive him. The Bible said he came to his own, but his own received him not. But as many as believed on him. Now, we believe because he was revealed to us. 
Check John chapter 16 verse 8. John chapter 16 verse 8 tells us that any man who will believe, John 16 8, any man who will believe, it is because he has been convicted by the spirit. He has been convicted. The King James uses the word reproved. The NIV uses the word convict. And so we first believe because we were convicted. Now, that conviction, what is it? It's a revelation. That you're just there and you feel, you know, there are people who step on your leg and squeeze it like this and they won't even realize they've done you wrong and they won't say sorry. But there are people who just, as they are walking, if they just nudge you a little like this, they will have this conviction. The Bible talks about David when he was being pursued by Saul. And Saul wanted to kill him. And David was innocent. Saul was the one who was guilty. And the Bible said that one day, David went into a cave to hide. While he was hiding there, Saul came there to do number two. And so when Saul squatted to do number two, David went to cut a piece of his robe. Read your Bible. The Bible said, and his heart smote him. The men that were with him said, this is what the Lord said when he said he will give your enemies into your hand. And then David said, my enemies are not the Lord's anointed. I can't touch the Lord's anointed. So he cut that small piece. And even that small piece, the Bible said his heart began to smite him. He felt it. He was convicted. Now you think that that kind of Christianity, that kind of Christianity, Oh, Not David. He was so mature in God that the spirit of God could convict him for such a thing. I pray we begin to grow. I pray we begin to grow. I pray we begin to grow. And so we see here that the house that is built on revelation, it will stand the test of time. Now here quickly, I want to run. Here's some small advice for believers. First Peter chapter 2 verse 6 to 8. Three things I want to talk about. The first one is from verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 2 from verse 6 to 8. The first advice is from verse 6. Anybody who builds on the person of Jesus, you will never be ashamed. Anybody who builds on the person of Jesus, you will not be disappointed. You will not be put to shame. The Amplified Version of the Bible says, For thus it stands in scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a chosen, honored, precious, chief cornerstone. And he who believes in him, he who believes in him, who has to trust in and relies on him, shall never be disappointed or put to shame. If Jesus is your foundation, and here again he uses the word chief cornerstone, if Jesus is your foundation, there is never a place in your life where you'll be disappointed and you'll be ashamed. I'm saying that things will be difficult, things will be hard, but God will never allow shame and disappointment to become a part of your story. And I want to end by telling you, listen, if Jesus is the one upon which you are grounded, shame, disappointment, discouragement, it shall never be a part of your story. You remember the scripture we read in the book of Luke? We read that scripture in the book of Luke 14, 29 and he says that when somebody's going to build the tower verse 28 and in verse 29 he says that when he has already laid the foundation and he cannot finish the building everybody who sees him will mock and jeer at him there's somebody listening to me please let me tell you if you are 
building according to the foundation that has been laid which is Jesus and you are building with the word of God there is no way there is no way people are going to laugh at you there is no way men will mock at you the scripture tells us clearly in the Bible in the book of first Peter the Bible says that anybody building on this foundation the Bible says he shall not be confounded I pray for you today in the name of Jesus wherefore also it is contained in the scripture behold I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone elect precious and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded shame is going away from your house reproach is going away from your house we are going to change centuries of shame in our family centuries of shame in our life for the first time in hundreds of years people will mention your family name and they'll mention your family name with honor simply because one person in that family got up and said Jesus will be my foundation and I will build with the word of God to have that witness in the house we are going to build with Jesus and he will ensure that shame will not be a part of our story in the mighty name of Jesus he said he that believeth on him he shall not be confounded can you say bye bye to shame can you say bye bye to shame that's the kind of future I want you to look at that's the kind of life I want you to look at the second advice I want to give you is from verse number seven he said unto you therefore which believe he is precious unto you therefore which believe he is precious unto you therefore which believe he is precious and the word precious is the Greek word time and that word time it means value that word time it means value what he's saying is that those that believe God is valuable if you don't believe he's not valuable now let's see how this one works you see if I'm holding this piece of paper in my hand and I hold it valuable then God is saying it will be valuable but he's saying if it is not valuable to you if you don't count it as precious then it is not precious now that means that for me this piece of paper can be valuable somebody can feel it's not valuable now we have things like that there are things in your life that somebody gave you it's not something expensive but it's because of the person that gave it to you it increases the value of that thing but God is saying me I'm already valuable but how you see me is what I will be to you how you see me is what I will become to you if you think God is important he will be important if you think God is not important he won't be important if you think God is your all he will be your all if you think God is nothing he will be nothing and I pray that you make up your mind this year that God is my all that God is all that I have David said when my soul is overwhelmed lead me to the rock that is higher that some of us when we are overwhelmed we are looking for men it was David who said if my mother and my father forsake me the Lord will take me up am I speaking to the right people until God becomes your all God cannot be valuable to you and God cannot do valuable things for you it was David who said a day in your court is 
better than a thousand elsewhere. He said, I'll rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of iniquity. It was David who said, one thing have I desired, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and that I may behold the beauty of the Lord. I pray that that becomes the chief desire of your life, that you see how valuable your God is. You see how important your God is, that you don't trivialize the person of God, but you value the person of God. I will live for him. I will die for him. I pray that that is what your confession will become, that your chief joy will be to please God. The Bible said, commit your way unto him. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you all the desires of your heart. Are your desires in God? Are your delights in God? Is God the one that makes you happy? He says, when I become the one that makes you happy, I will also make you happy. When you sacrifice for me, I sacrifice for you. When you love me, I love you in return. When you stand for me, I stand for you. When you speak for me, I speak for you. When you put your hand on my work, I'll put my hand on your work. When you become a voice for me, I'll become a voice for you. When you start fighting the battles of the Lord, the Lord will also fight your battles for you. When you start living righteousness, God said, I'm going to do right things in your life. Am I speaking to the right people? When he becomes valuable. Locate Action Chapel International Chosen Family at Cape Coast, Aikwaiku, near the A-Land. Call us on 0204-818-795 for more information or email acichosenfamily at hotmail.com. Welcome back to today's broadcast. But the third advice, verse 7, verse 8, he says that those to whom, those who are disobedient, this stone that they have disallowed. He said, the same stone is the head of the corner. This same stone is the, is the chief cornerstone in the foundation. So he's telling you in advance that if you have disallowed, you have opposed, you have fought the person of Jesus in your life, or if that is what you are doing with your life, you have already disqualified yourself because you, you don't have a good foundation. Because all the education and all, all those other things, that they will fail. Listen, one trouble in life is enough to wipe away money. Listen, if you have time, you go on Google and check billionaires who have become bankrupt. We have now found out that all those things, uh, they fade. They fade. But if you are built on Jesus... So he told them verse 8. Look at verse 8. He told them that stone will become a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. He himself, if you are not built on him, he will make you stumble. And he will become offensive to you. Because when God starts the offensive with you, Will you last? I think this morning we really want to repent. Because anytime go, God goes on the offensive, you won't last. And he said, 
and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, where to also they were appointed. They were appointed to obedience, but they decided to disobey. He said, because of that, I'll become a rock of stumbling, a rock of offense unto you. I pray we make up our minds. Lord, I want to live right. I want to honor you. And so, we learn from this particular scripture, verse 8, that we will be judged in relation to what we do with Jesus. Child of God, what have you done with Jesus? When you received Jesus, was that the license for you to live in sin? Or was that the time when you decided to live for God? You are going to be judged. That's not my work. No. That one, God is the one going to do it. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, and I'll read all the way to 21. Nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. Let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house, in a great house like God's house, they are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Some are to honor and some are to dishonor. He says, if a man therefore purge himself from this, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. The foundation is sure. And there's a seal on the foundation, verse 19. And the seal on the foundation says, God knows them that are his. And he's saying that those who say they belong to God, they must depart from iniquity. And he's saying that, listen, don't fool yourself that we are all in the same church. He's saying that in a large house, there are many vessels. Not just gold and silver. Some are wood. Some are clay. They are all there. What you will be depends on how you will purge. The foundation has already been laid. The only thing we can do is to build right. We can only build right because we make that desire to purge.